0: Welcome to another episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I, Lisa Ann, am here with you, proud to be part of the SiriusXM podcast family. So many good things to listen to and enjoy. We've got a mailbag. I know this excites everyone. We've got a guest, and it's not just a guest, a powerhouse guest with a new book that we'll be talking about. But first, Chris, we know who's going to the Super Bowl. How does it feel?
1: Feels good, and I'm excited to watch... TB12, Tom Brady win his seventh Super Bowl ring. It is gonna be glorious.
0: And if you really do the math, you know Tom Brady could be Mahomes' father. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he could be Mahomes. Twenty five, Brady's yep. forty three. I this is not this is not far off. And you know it's like a, a goat in a baby goat scenario. And you look at a Mahomes as a prolific young quarterback that if he does everything right, stays healthy, and puts care into his body like Brady does. He might be playing at 43. We just don't know that yet.
1: Yeah, this could potentially be a handing of the baton from one goat to the future goat. We'll see how it goes. Mahomes still has a lot of work to do to catch up to Brady, but man, he's looking good so far. I'm, I'm very excited about this matchup, as I'm sure most football fans are.
0: Now, there was no doubt I was picking the Chiefs over the Bills. They've been there before. They have more talent. You know, if you blanket Stefan Diggs, which they absolutely did, holding him back, you know, and he was the target that Josh Allen relied on. So I picked Kansas City, but I will blame this all on SiriusXM <laughs> and my obsession with the SiriusXM app. And that would be Mad Dog during the day. After I listened to Morning Man and Shine, I listened to McAfee. Yeah, every Tuesday, McAfee has Rodgers on. Yeah. So, like, what I had to make my betting pick for Bovada this week. I couldn't do it. I had to pick Rodgers. I was like, you know what? I just feel like, you know, the the mindset. I've been listening to him every Tuesday. He's going to win this game. And I knew he didn't have as much talent as Brady. I knew. But look, Brady got picked off three times. Again, we're seeing Brady not wanting to take hits, letting that ball go. And the next thing you know, bam. But Green Bay doesn't take advantage of those opportunities. That's not Aaron Rodgers' fault. So to me, Aaron Rodgers is still a winner. In every way, shape, or form. Maybe needs a better coach. Shouldn't have gone for that. Lot A of, lot, of, lot of bad decisions in that game. But so that was my one wrong play. I will say this. If I was a bookie this weekend, or I owned one of these spots, I'd be pretty happy. I mean, 89% of the money came in on McGregor on Saturday night.
2: Yeah. He loses.
0: What a fight, man. I felt so bad for him. I was like, oh. I mean, the photos were surfacing. Even Bernie got in the mix. You know, Bernie is in the photos, in the ring, like... Poor McGregor, but this is what happens when you don't do something regularly, right? You know, I can even remember there were times where I took six months off from dancing on the road. And when I danced, I still went to the gym normally. And I just that my body was used to that movement. So it didn't bother me. You don't dance for six months. Your first morning, you wake up, you live in the bathtub, okay? You live in an ice bath. I can remember a hundred trips with trash bags down the hall in the hotel hallway to fill my bathtub <laughs> with ice because my legs hurt so bad, okay? Wow. So, like, that was McGregor right there, and I really enjoyed it. I watched all the prelims. It just brought me back to how far we've come from when it was the beginning of quarantine, and UFC was the only sport we had I have a lot of gratitude towards Dana White for bringing that back first and introducing me to a sport that I love that now makes me listen to Carlos and Lance, uh, the Walkout Podcast, because they're so into it. You know what? Clever with the innings and the bells in their podcast.
1: It's a great show. I do love the show. And their show is the exact reason why I bought my first pay-per-view ever over the weekend to watch McGregor Poirier. And did it
0: work for you? Because I'm sure you saw on social media, a lot of people weren't able to access the fight.
1: Thankfully, it worked. I don't know whether it's because I got on early, and if you got on early enough, it didn't, like, it meant that I was in and that was it. I'm not sure. But I logged on right at 10 p.m. Eastern and was able to watch the entire main card without any issue whatsoever, thankfully.
0: Yeah, so I did the same. I logged in around lunchtime, made sure I paid for the fight, made sure I was set because I knew I was going to try and sit down around seven. I like watching the prelims. Man, I love watching the female fighters. Uh, These these women, you know, they're they're intense. They're strong. They're they're just they're amazing to watch. So I did the whole. So maybe it was everybody logging in at the same time, like procrastinators, like right when the fights were supposed to start, and it just overwhelmed the system. But. Whatever it was, from one sport to another, we're going to talk about a different type of uniform. A uniform was pinstripes and uh, a player that we all grew up absolutely loving who has now made a remarkable second act in his life. This isn't his first book. It's his second, but it is his newest book. The book is Turn Your Season Around, How God Transforms Your Life. And you're right. I am talking about the one and only Daryl Strawberry. Thank you so much, Daryl, for joining us.
2: Well, thanks for having me, Lisa. I appreciate it.
0: Now we're talking about your new book, Turn Your Season Around, How God Transformed Your Life. This was amazing. I got to read the PDF that came through, which is always awesome for me to read a book before other people. I always <laughs> hope that, you know, your message and what you're doing now, you're actively and currently a minister and you travel. Tell us about what you're doing and how you're helping young people with the decisions they're faced with that obviously we weren't when we were younger.
2: Yeah, that's really a, a good point. You know, um my life is totally different from what it was when I played Major League Baseball for 17 years and achieved all these great things as a ball player and then had these real failures in life and and do it's it's more like how do a person rediscover themselves, you know, after all that they've been through and faced in life. And and I went in a different way, you know. Most guys go into baseball or football, whatever, into coaching. And I didn't go into coaching. I went a totally opposite way after the trials and tribulations of my life, and, and and I went into ministry, you know, and I just, you know, f- felt like it was a different calling on my life, you know, that was pretty much was going to be far greater than baseball, and I didn't realize that. I mean, I've written a book before, you know, Straw, uh, my New York Times bestseller, you know, my autobiography, but I, I didn't really want to write another book, and my wife kept pushing me to write another book, and Zondervan came along, and approached me about another book, and I still didn't want to write it. But
0: <laughs> it's uh, a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's
2: just, it's a lot of work. It's a lot that goes into it, and and you got to find the right writer, and you know. Then I found my writer Lee Weeks, you know, who works at the Billy Graham Library, and I found him. You know, he wrote an article about me in the Decision Magazine, and I said, "This this guy is my writer." So you know, maybe we can come together and we put it together. And once we dove into it. You know, I didn't realize that we would be in a pandemic because we started the year writing this book.
0: okay.
2: Um, and at the beginning of um, um, 20, um, 2020, we started and we finished it up before 20, um, was, 2020 was over. But we ended up in a pandemic. We ended up with uh, all kind of um, tension in the nation and um, racial issues and so many things going on. And You know, here it is, I would be writing a book about turning your season around. Let it know that we would all be in a place where we would have to turn our season around and look to a a better place than what we had been through uh, the past year.
0: You know, your work is inspiring and it's also a message that needs to be carried forward. And I think you taking this second act being very different than going into coaching or something of that nature, you're actually able to connect because your experiences are real. And you talk about self-indulgence and this is something that we have to face, especially now people had more free time. They either took the path of being more productive and some people took the path of being less productive, but with young athletes and you see them being in a situation where there's a lot of noise around them, a lot of chaos, social media, all of the things that that really create this additional layer of emotion and stress. And that could be pushing them to maybe escape and self-indulge. How do you advise two young people to try and stay focused and have a clear path?
2: Yeah, just don't get caught up in it. You know, you can't get caught up in it and uh, you lose yourself. You know, there's a lot of distractions there. And, and so many young people will... You know, find themselves trying to be more than they need to be. And I, I think just be who you are, you know, with the way we deal with today's society, social media, and all the outlets that people uh, deal with, you know, people are getting so confused and people are so frustrated. Because, in, and the reality is, Lisa, is that you don't know who's behind uh, the on the other side of social media and what they're talking about. You know, people love to talk, but are people living a real life you know and a lot of times some people are not and some people are but some people that get caught up in it uh you can easily get lost in it you know it's a society that's uh, that's all mixed up it's all divided um you know a lot of people are broken a lot of people are hurting and you know with the pandemic coming really a lot of people have suffered so the frustration is there and i and i think for anyone to um want to really know themselves as a young person is not important to get caught up into all the things that are being said on social media learn to deal with who you are you were created for something great no matter what it is you know you're created for something great and it's inside you and all you have to do is believe it if we got to get our young people back to believing, instead of saying well i want to be like somebody else you don't have to be like nobody else just be like yourself you know and and, and go to life and and have fun and make the right choices and the right decisions. You know, I can say that you know, sitting over on this side of the seat now because I made a lot of bad choices. And I tell people all the time, self-indulgent. You can pick your sins, but you can't pick your consequences. There are consequences behind them, and I think a lot of us don't realize that and we don't pay attention to that. But they will come. You know, they might not come immediately, but they are coming. So keep picking them. You know, if you if you like to, if you like to stay in the midst of it, but Just remember, there's some consequences coming behind it.
0: It's a very great point. And it really hits home because it's true. You've got to be forward thinking and you have to know how this is going to ricochet back into your life and having value, you know, with social media. One of the athletes I admire is Kawhi Leonard because he refuses to get on social media. He says, I play basketball. This is what I do. So I imagine when he goes home, he gets to engage with his family and be face to face and have real conversations with the people in his circle that he loves, that he believes in. And that's just really healthy. We've gotten away from that because we're so tethered to our phones and to like you said wanting to be like somebody else what we sensationalize in the United States in television and how people get famous is just such a draw and even when you're in other countries it's a draw they see this and they think there's some allure it's not it's what matters at your kitchen table at home with the people that you love and your simple life you know inside how did you redefine your identity it is something that you talk about in your new book Turn your season around how God transforms your life.
2: Well, I had to take off the uniform first, you know, and, you know, that was, that was created, that that creation came from a woman, my wife. She said, when are you going to take that uniform off and be a man? <laughs> and, you know, it, it's just the reality of it, you know, it's a real reality, but you know what, it was okay because it was the most important step of my life, being able to take the uniform off and stop identifying myself. As Daryl Strawberry, a major league baseball player, when or will you identify yourself as a man? Like you were saying before, why some guys are smart enough to realize what's important is don't get on social media, don't try to be a politician, don't try to get you know into being politically correct, and oh, well, he's got a great voice. Why well, are you? are you doing is putting yourself in a, a place of identifying yourself as somebody else instead of who you really are. And I realized that when I. Finally, decided to take the uniform off and walk away from baseball and leave the trophies behind and and all the things that are accomplished. They will always be there, but they don't. They're not attached to me. I have removed myself from that and I re identified myself as somebody else. You know, because I stepped into a new place. I stepped into real purpose, and it, the, the creation of us is far greater than what we achieve from an earthly standpoint. I think we get consumed with that and everybody think, oh, well, I'm it, you know, but at the end of the day, your life is going to come to an end and where are you going? And I I think a lot of people, you know, think they're, you know, just going to get in God's will and God's plan, but that's not how it really works, you know, and you have to rediscover yourself or who you are uh, through Christ. And, you know, when I did that, you know, I became a totally different person. I saw things in a totally different perspective and looked at things a totally different way.
0: How was it for you when you first decided to take off the uniform and now you're settled into kind of a new life? Uh, baseball season's long, you travel a lot, there's training camp. What was it like for you the first year or two being home?
2: It was very hard, you know, and it was a process to be able to go through because you've been this person for so long and now who are you? If you can't identify yourself more than, well, I played major league baseball, I won championships, I got trophies, I did this, I did that. But that's not who are you. That's what you did. Right. Who are you? Who you are know, you? And, and and I think you got to go through that process of uh, really looking at your life and and really looking at, you know, what's the importance of my life and what's left in my life? What do I have to give back? If I don't have anything to give back, give back, then I'm just talking. And, you know, and I'm I'm just blowing my own horn, you know, or becoming a brand of myself and really not being able to go back and make a difference in other people's lives, you know, and I think that's the most important thing that I discovered in this was it was not, it's not about me. It's about others. It's about being able to go back and, you know, challenge others and help others and show them that, you know, there's more to it than, you know, just what most people think about. I think people see athletes and people that's in in the movies they, they see them as all oh, they have it all together no we don't have it all together we have a bunch of stuff you know and we live a, a, a privileged life but that doesn't mean you have it all together because if we did then why would so many celebrities uh get addicted to drugs and yeah. od and and, and die yeah. and stuff like that and people and, and the problem is with People around them will never tell you that they have a problem because everybody want to sweep it under the rug like you don't have problems. And the reality of it is we do. We have real problems. You know, money doesn't make us well. Money just buy you more stuff, but it doesn't make you well on the inside.
0: It doesn't. And that's a huge confusion with success and money and what we think we're going to achieve with it. It's nothing if you don't know what your purpose is in life. And you've definitely defined your purpose moving forward. And your purpose is to inspire and to really help others understand how to stay on that path. As you were writing this book, your second book, but as you were writing this book, it's also hard to go back to moments that maybe you're not proud of or you regret. How did you go through all of that, especially during such a disconnected time, which was 2020, the pandemic?
2: Well, it's really easy for me at this point because my life is so different. I've been transformed for uh, quite a bit now, you know, so I've been in a new place and a new understanding. So I didn't really want to, I didn't really have to look at the past and say, oh my God, you know, I I was a broken piece. I know I was a broken piece, but I'm, I'm grateful to be able to get on the other side because you can't move forward if you don't go through the process and getting on the other side and, and getting on the other side of things in your life. And I think a lot of times, a lot of us don't ever get a chance to move forward because we're so stuck, you know, and I yes. didn't want to be stuck anymore. You know, I went through this period of seven years of being discipled and went to discipleship to get healed on the inside because we can all pretend like what we look like on the outside, but what do you look like on really on the inside? You know, and I was very toxic on the inside. I was very broken and I needed to go through this healing process. And when I went through this healing process, I came out on the other side free. I came out on the other side, a different person. I didn't come on. I didn't come out consumed with all these earthly things. I came out, okay, there's a purpose for life. There's a purpose for why we go through some of the things that we have to go through. Now, how can I generate all this extra energy that i have to give to somebody else because i don't need it for myself anymore because i'm not hurt so going back and looking at the scars um created uh, just a, a greater and safer place for me to be who i am
0: well that had to be a very empowering feeling right you know that you did this now you put in you said seven years of work because it is work to get to the other side and now that you put in this seven years you do travel and you do talk to people uh, and, and you help others when you see young athletes, uh, how do you advise them on, you know, the lessons that you learned?
2: Well, I really try not to advise them. You know, I really try to let them go through their own process of it. But, I, you know, I just try to encourage them, you know, make the right turns, you know, and right turns in, on the corners, you know, where you go in your direction, um, because everything out there, it is an open game and especially the time that you're living in now with social media you know it, it, you can't get away with anything everybody's uh, always got you and got you on camera got a camera and, and filming you whatever you're doing so uh, you got to be extremely careful about yourself and you got to protect yourself you got to safeguard especially you know if you have a life in the public eyes and you're married and you got family you got wife and kids at home you got to safeguard your family. You got to remember that's the most important thing. And that's something I I didn't do when I was younger, you know, because we didn't have social media. So we didn't get into a lot of uh, people seeing what we were doing, but I still didn't safeguard my life. But I realized today more than anything is safeguarding my life, my marriage, my kids and my family. That's the most important thing. You know, all the other stuff is meaningless at the end of the day. You know, it it doesn't mean anything. It's going to come and go. So, but family and kids are all going to always be the most important thing
0: how different would it have been for you in your young baseball career if there was social media and everybody had a cell phone
2: <laughs> it would probably have been pretty crazy you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> it probably would not have been good i mean just because everybody was living differently back then you know everybody everything was different people still smoked cigarettes in baseball stadiums back then remember this
2: it was the 80s you know you got to remember <laughs> it was the time of the time the 80s were the 80s were different and you know it was the, it was the 80s were rocking, too, you know, so, you know, it was a lot, lot going on. But, you know, times, you know, the time has changed, you know, and, you know, time passed by and don't get left you know, behind. I think so many people get left behind uh, if I could have should have instead of going forward, you know, and springing forward.
0: Yeah, I'm a big push for that. So my friends are always talking about things and like don't talk about it start to put action towards it and start to make movement towards it. Even if it's a tiny step every day and you have a little notebook of the things that you'd like to accomplish or the people you'd like to reach out to. So now we are in a new year, 2021. It doesn't seem a ton different. I'm still in a place where everything's closed. I'm in New York city. You know, it doesn't seem a ton different. But I will say this. I've gotten acclimated to this is where we're at. We got to be safe. We got to do the right things. We're wearing masks in 2020. What did you learn about yourself? I think we all pulled together and learned some very unique things about how different our life would be when we weren't coming and going like we're used to.
2: No question about it. You know, I I learned the fact that just to be still and and don't move. You know, I think so many of us uh, were so busybodies. you know, before and we are on the go and I was traveling so much and now I got a chance to sit and be still. I got a chance to, you know, get healthy again and, and get clear again and, and just be able to accept where we're at. And I think the most important thing for all of us to be be able to accept where we at, because it's not just one person, it's a whole nation. You know, it's a whole yeah. society of people. Yeah. You know, we had to stop, you know, and, and who are you in the midst of trials and tribulations? And who are you in the midst of storms? Because there's gonna be some storms in life. And that's that's what 2020 was, a storm yeah. that you know we were in and we're still in it, you know, and we're riding through it. But can you ride through the storm and come out on the other side? I think that's the most important thing that I learned about life more than anything. Lisa, victory is on the other side of the storm if you just ride through the storm and and, and don't ride against it and don't complain, like you said before. Be about it, get into action, do something different, rise up. And it is what it is, you know? And when it changed, when, when the change come, we'd be prepared to change in the middle of it. So I think a lot of people are just complaining, but they're not, they're not participating in the next steps for themselves. And I think 2020 was a year for me to just relax and, and be still and not complain and just be able to be ready when it's time to move again.
0: You said two things there, be still. That was my first thing was like, okay, we have an opportunity to be still. What things would I like to do? I'd like to read more. You know, there's all these things I put off because I wasn't still. And I actually found a lot of pleasure in it of just being in this routine and cooking all my meals at home. The littlest things in life became really big experiences again. And it simplified life for me. And then the second thing you said is it is what it is. This is what I've been telling my people who can't be still. <laughs> it is what it is. We just gotta wait it out. Clean a closet. Find a chore. Find a task. Now you travel a bit as a minister. Am I correct? Yes. How often do you travel?
2: Well, I usually travel about two hundred and fifty times a year. That's what it was before the pandemic came, and I was very busy. You know, I go to a lot of lot of places, a lot of large churches uh, across the nation, and and. And I do a lot of stuff with recovery and I do a lot of schools. I go into a lot of public schools for free uh, to speak to kids and make them aware of the danger of drugs and alcohol, vaping and all the things that are out there that are leading them down the wrong road, because I ended up having a treatment center for about five years down in Florida. And all I saw was young people from the age of 18 to 25, all addicted to opiates and heroin, and it just kind of just really upset me, you know, what was happening to the younger generation. So I just decided I, I, I closed the treatment center and I decided I want to go back into the uh, public schools and really speak to the kids and, and bring some awareness about the seriousness of it and the problem that's out there.
0: And I remember being in school when we had speakers come in and those those conversations did have an impact. I can remember In the 80s, they used the, this is your brain on drugs, and it was two eggs frying, right? Do you remember this campaign? (laughs) And it wasn't (laughs) until I was older and I met people that did a lot of drugs that that commercial came back to me. And I said, oh, my gosh, that was so right because I think their brains are a little scrambled right now because you've done damage. It had to be heartbreaking for you to have that treatment center for five years and know that all of these young people are connected to families. And their yes. families are also being hurt. Like you had said, how this affects others, the the paths that you take, that had to be just a grueling experience where it's different when you get to go into school and see young faces and hope that, hey, maybe they didn't soak it all in that day, but they heard you and that voice that you, you resonates with them and they will remember this later on.
2: I believe that. I believe that young people do hear you. Um, they might not act like they don't. Uh, because a lot of them will come to me afterwards and talk to me and says, thank you for coming to the school. You know, it was really important to hear what you had to say because a lot of people come in here and they tell us about numbers and stuff like that and what happens to people. But they say, you talk about yourself and tell us it's real. It can happen to anybody. And I think that's what we need to get back to being real and, and letting young people know it can happen to anybody. It doesn't matter black, white, rich, wherever you come from. Um, if you make, the wrong decision with the wrong people and try something, you may like it and it may take you some, to a place where you can never imagine to keep you longer than you wanna stay. And that's what happens to so many young people in this generation today. That's why we have such an epidemic you know, with young people losing their life today because they all went on the same road of using opiates and thought, well, it makes me feel different. Yeah, but it's gonna kill you Yeah. at the end. And, and which, family- you don't know, family in your you know, family and everything. Yeah. And, and I've seen so many families and so many uh, lives just shattered and parents coming to me and, and sharing their stories about, you know, where did I go wrong? And oh, they I, blame the,
0: themselves. Yes.
2: I know. And I say the thing, I, I, I say the thing about all of us, at least the problem with us as people, we don't get back with ourselves enough and pay attention, you know, because everybody's gotten so busy because we have, cell phones, social media, internet, news, turn that stuff off sometime. get back with yourself, spend some quality time with yourself, get it in a book, get into something different outside of yourself and get back with yourself and give to yourself. And that's what's gonna bring about a difference in your life because if you get consumed and caught up in what we're in now, you're gonna get lost. And this is what we see, what we see now in this nation that's completely lawlessness, completely brokenness, Everybody on each side is broken because guess what? It's been broken for a long time and nobody wants to try to fix it the right way. Everybody want to try to do it their own way.
0: And as for parents, you know, people are focusing more on money than ever. You know, I grew up in the generation where there was a stay at home parent and our parents had to meet every single person we hung out with. And not only did they meet them, they normally knew their parents if they didn't know their parents. They wouldn't let us hang out with them until they knew their parents. Normally you meet at a a, a basketball game, a football game, whatever, but it's that community that is something that I think we've broken away from because of the demand of everybody wanting so much stuff.
2: Yeah, it's such a disconnection, you know, with with people and being able to – You know, have real conversations instead of sitting next to each other and texting each other and laughing and looking at each other. This is what the kids do nowadays. You know, I said, "Well, why doesn't anybody talk to anybody?" They says, "Well, you know, this is the way we communicate." I said, "That's not communicating. You know, you're not having a real conversation. You're not having a dialogue. You're not talking about real life and real stuff." And you know, I think that's been the major downfall of our society, is which brought it. To a place where it's broken it's divided you know because of that you know and i think the real thing is getting back just like you said at the beginning of the show here it's like where is family talk where is at the table at home you know television off yeah no tv off. we couldn't yeah. be in front
0: of tv as a kid are you kidding me we couldn't have we didn't have <laughs> tablets but i mean there was one night a week, Friday nights, we'd order pizza and we'd get to sit in front of the TV and watch it. It was a big deal to get to watch TV, but we talked and that was a very important part of it. It's something that we're missing that I'm hoping after we get through this pandemic, people are still longing for because many of my friends learned to cook and said that I really enjoy the whole preparation time with my family. You know, everything is planned out. We enjoy it. That is going to change us when we return out of this, Thing that
2: we're in right now. <laughs> well, real conversations are real, you know, and that's what's been missing. And you know, when you have kids in the house and they're up in the room somewhere, and you know, they're up on internet or social media somewhere, and, and you're at the dinner table and you're eating by yourself, then we've uh we've done it wrong. Yes, you know, we we need to turn the corner and we need to come back and we need to have. You know, family time, and we need to have conversations and relationship time, and we need get we need to get back to real life and what what real life is all about.
0: Well, Daryl, I cannot thank you enough for your time today. The fact that your second act is so much more incredible than your first act is mind blowing. Because I grew up a huge sports fan, so of course you know I've watched. I'm also a Mets fan, and it had to be pretty torturous. For Mets fans in 1986 when then you left and went to the Yankees. I mean, that had to be really something, right? Because we don't like each other. Mets fans and Yankees fans, we do not blend very well. So that had to be something. But I love the work that you're doing. It's something that, you know, I'm always on my people and I've been very active in getting people into rehab and helping them through their program, their steps. I've gone to more AA meetings and have never been an alcoholic than probably anyone because Friends need support. When you're when you're seeing your friends need your support, that is how you can offer your time in this world to help the people in your village, in your circle, stay strong and stay focused and stay positive. And that's exactly what your message is. Turn your season around, how God transforms your life. Please, everyone, go out there and get Daryl Strawberry's new book.
2: Well, thanks for having me, Lisa. That's really cool. And Good to see that you, you, you're you doing that. And I wish it was more people like you that would do that for friends because that's really what it's really all about is us loving each other and helping yeah. each other no matter what they're going through.
0: Because when you love your friends, you know when they're not right. And it's and it's right. clear. And when you're in that realm, it's clear. So let's keep this clear. Let's keep this message out there, everyone. Make sure you're taking care of the people that you love. Daryl Strawberry with us today. Thanks again so much for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: You know, it's amazing when you grow up watching an athlete uh, like myself, a true sports fan, who then later on in life gets to interview said athletes. Pretty darn cool. I wasn't as into baseball when I was younger. But of course, when I was learning about baseball in 2015, Daryl Strawberry was a name I heard a lot about. So it's pretty cool to know what he's doing, showing you that, you know, you could change your life at any time. And him speaking at spo- schools and going around and just helping others is such a great way to give back. So we should all consider doing the same. None of the people in my email account want to give back. Uh, A bunch (laughs) of lunatics in there. I mean, The other night I went in there and I actually had to walk out. Like I was like, okay, this was too much. This was like you show up at a club, it's crowded, but then you walk in and you look at the crowd and it's a little too crowded. And you're like, this place is unsafe. There's (laughs) only one exit. We're going to die in a fire here. That's how I felt when I went into my email. So I waited till the morning, got a fresh start. And I found some decent questions and I'm learning how to wrap it up with something that gives us all palate cleansing from the chaos. So, you know where you're starting. You know, you guys, Chris is coming off the bench again today. It's been a minute, but here we are. And Chris is going to enjoy these because I find it more fun to pick them when I know you're reading them. Yep. Um, before I get to that. We should discuss a message that I got. You were very <laughs> upset.
1: Super upset. So
0: this question, you saw me put it on social media, and you were like, wow, wasn't that in the mailbag? And I guess, Chris, I haven't really taken the consideration that I could use direct messages as well. So we'll have to slide in a what goes down in the DM, yes. and then one week it'll be the mailbag. Love it. For those of you who want to know what goes down in the DM, now OnlyFans is next level. Uh, OnlyFans can only be checked like once a week because it is treacherous in there. And this was one of the messages that will prove to you what treacherous means. It started out with him asking me for something. And I said, no, I don't do individual things, but you know, what can I help you with? So he writes, I was going to ask if you or your dentist could possibly pull out one or two of your teeth and let me have it. (laughs) I would pay you a lot of money. It's okay, though. I'm sorry I asked. This is all one message. The insane... This guy should be locked up right now. Lock him up right now. He just had so many emotions in a 13-second written tweet message, direct message to my OnlyFans. So I have to respond. He sends us at 334. I respond at 337 because I was gasping for air at 335, 336. By 337, I came together. If I... Maybe next week I'll read you the entire diatribe. I went on an hour later when I came to and was like, this motherfucker better not out for no broke young girl, this situation, because all your teeth will shift. You can't sell shit like that through DM and OnlyFans. It's harvesting organs. I have so much to say. We'll get to that. But my response and the only thing I could come up with, still with proper punctuation. Okay, comma, that is a hard no. No is all cats. And the craziest thing anyone's ever asked me. That is shrilling. I was shook after that, brah. Shook. I
1: don't blame you one little bit. I was shook and he wasn't even asking for my teeth. Teeth? I Bizarre, mean, that is man. some
0: serial killer. Like, you know, you, oh. you see those CSI shows where the guy had saved women's teeth. Like, oh, like okay, so... The email isn't quite as bad, so let's have a refreshing look at who wants what from Lisa Ann today.
1: Absolutely. Now, before we start, by the way, I just want to say I love the interview with Daryl Strawberry. I think he was the first Major League Baseballer I ever heard of because of the Simpsons. I was an avid Simpsons watcher as a kid. He was... On an episode of The Simpsons, I just wanted to bring that up. I've always loved Daryl Strawberry because of that very thing. But moving on, yes,
0: and because I didn't know about it, you were kind enough to send me the clips from The yes. Simpsons, and I'm laughing and thinking, like, this is how Chris knows Daryl Strawberry. It's the only reason I knew him.
1: <laughs> yep, and, all- oh, and most heard. of my friends, to be honest as well, back in Australia, they only knew Daryl Strawberry from The Simpsons. Anyway, sure. First question, and is this top line the subject matter? Because this is yes, it this is. This is a good yes, subject. I- the subject okay. reads: Do you know a porn star looking for? And that doesn't say so it's, oh it's intriguing we're gonna it's intriguing it i have really to is. open
0: this email i mean the subject great is so teaser. intense
1: great teaser
0: yeah he'd be good in radio
1: and then this is from charles he writes in the main body do you know of a sexy woman wanting a relationship with a christian guy
0: charles uh must think i'm some sort of a uh fixer-upper maybe a dating app <laughs> of some scenario why you're a yeah. Why am I the person that would run this errand for you? This sounds like a task, Chris. I mean, it just sounds like a task. And I don't really know. I was raised Catholic. Uh, I don't know how strict the Christian religion is, but I'm wondering how this is going to work out as well. He's honed in on announcing that he's Christian, but he's also honed in on he wants a sex relationship with a porn star
1: well here's the thing the goalposts seem to shift in the subject he says porn star but in the body he just says sexy woman yeah he just realized okay maybe not a porn star but she has to be sexy at least
0: yeah yeah i'm sure he thinks all porn stars are sexy and i'm sure (laughs) he didn't want to repeat himself trying to be clever charles is trying to be clever charles i'm sure you don't listen to this podcast but for everybody else don't be charles
1: simple as that next question is from john john says hey lisa I saw you message on Facebook about asking you questions. Now, I know you don't care for questions about dating you. I heard you loud and clear on that. Besides, I know probably don't have a snowball's chance in hell hooking up with you anyway. That was tough to read. But just for the sake of brainstorming, do you like younger guys that happen to be introverted? For what it's worth, I hope you find a man that will love you to the moon and back. You are a very warm, passionate, and beautiful woman, Lisa, and any man would be lucky to have you My kindest regards, John B. Ferrer.
0: I have every dime that I'm worth on the fact that John is in sales. John is a a perfect salesperson. He leads in with, uh, I've heard you, that part of the concept. Then he puts out his intent. And then the third and the close is a level of kindness. This guy can sell ice to an Eskimo, Right. He's still asking for himself and he still wants me to validate him. So, what am I supposed to say? If I say to John and then to younger guys who happen to be introverted, does that mean all of my older fans who are extroverted don't talk to me anymore? Am I narrowing it down to a group and then not the whole world thinks? I mean, obviously, a lot of the world, Chris, thinks that I want them. I mean, they ask. Oh, yeah. think I do. But he,
1: here's the thing though, it might help you because we've seen that. If you say you don't like a particular type of person or you don't want, you're not just going to go and have sex with your fans, right? They still think they have a chance. So even if you say you like younger men, the older men are still going to think they're in with a chance because they're for some reason unique and and they're the ones that are going to change your mind. But you might have more younger fans come to the party and say, actually, I, I only knew about Lisa Ann a little bit. It wasn't a huge fan, but now she says she's into younger men. I could be a chance here. And then you get more fans because of that.
0: I don't think this is a risk worth taking. Uh, I I want less people asking me out. So I'm not going to narrow it down to a group (laughs) and stimulate activity in that group to bring in more. I'm going to stay in the neutral zone. But you're going to really like this next one because I giggled when I read it. And I'm very impressed when people use uh, different uh, texts in their emails. They stand out.
1: Absolutely. Now, this one's going to be tough to read as well. But bear with me. This is from Farouk. And Farouk asks, how do I want a nude from a girl? And how do I talk to the girl? Can you answer me? And can you send nudes, please?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Farouk, just throw it up. Basic, doesn't go through the... He's not selling anything. Farouk is not a salesperson. He can't get anybody to buy anything from him. As a matter of fact, he can't get girls to talk to him, and he can't figure out how. He just made that loud and clear, Chris, Okay. But it's, by the way, it's very serial killer-esque, this email, because there's different fonts and different sizes, and then there's some punctuation, but, like, the when he speaks to himself in I, it's a lowercase I. Like, there's some definite scenes here. Um, poor kid wants a nude, you know? He could just Google it and airdrop it to his phone and act like it was a gift. You know, <laughs> like, when you order on Amazon and it comes two days later, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right, I got new AirPods. Um I don't know what to tell Baruch, but I think it's something. He doesn't know how to talk to a girl. We need to make some sort of a series for these young men about how to start the first conversation. I guess there's no real dating shows anymore that really do teach people because this seems to be a common question. But don't tell the new girl that you're trying to talk to that you need nude photos right away. That's just my advice. And don't tell her. It's simple Yeah, yeah. Also, don't tell her you're shopping around on the Internet for nudes of other women.
1: I haven't got game, really. I've never had game, but even I know that that's not something that you can do.
0: Not appropriate.
1: No. All right,
0: let's move on to Sam.
1: Now, this one's from Sam, and I'm pretty confident that this may be the most well-written and well-punctuated email that we've gotten in some time, maybe ever. And you can tell Sam is
0: probably about my age because he's still using a hotmail. I still have a hotmail and my younger friends make fun of me. And they're like, don't even eat me. Might as well have an AOL. I'm like, I'm It just, is pretty funny. It's all my like airline miles and stupid stuff that I would re-register even though it's easier now. It used to be a nightmare to change that stuff. So I've kept this hotmail. Do
1: you and- still use MySpace too?
0: No, if I could, I would. Believe me, <laughs> if I could, I would. But Sam is probably like my age and he's civilized.
1: Absolutely. And Sam starts off, hey, Lisa, before the pandemic hit, I was due to move from the UK to the USA. That's still on the cards for this year, but in the meantime, my American girlfriend and I have had to do th- have had to do things long long distance. We always make time for each other and have fallen into a good pattern which lets us feel intimate and close to one another despite the ocean between us. I can't wait to move over there, but I'm proud of what we've done before I can. My question is phone sex dot dot, dot. We've been having a lot of fun and coming up with different scenarios and fantasies but I couldn't think of anything better to ask about this. Do you have any tips or ideas to keep things spicy in that department? Thanks.
0: I love Sam's question because I think probably quite a few people have been separated by the borders being closed. Anybody that was halfway through a move didn't get to make the move. Look, she was here. He didn't get here. And now he hasn't been able to come here. And also some people just aren't seeing each other as much, whether they have an elderly parent they take care of. So phone sex has become a bigger deal. I got all of my friends these portable little clip-on ring lights that go right on their phone because it gives just enough light for something like that. So Sam, Mm. I think you too should check it out on Amazon. They're mini clip-on lights. They're perfect for intimate scenarios. I've also had my friends do date nights where they each get dressed up. They kind of sit down together for a glass of wine. Maybe they eat a meal together and they go through the motions of the communication process as well. Cause that's something people are missing when they're not seeing each other. And you know, the sex thing you, that you could also have a stand for phone sex, a little light on in the bathroom, shower, always sexy water on naked bodies. Always good. Uh, you can also do baby oil in the shower because it's not as messy. It's not going to ruin your carpet. Remember baby oil stays slippery. So please do not slip and fall in the shower after you do this. Um, But really just trying to put attention to detail and the lighting is a big part of it. So the first thing is the clip on lighting. There's also Bluetooth toys now. So he could have the app and she has the actual device and he goes on to an app and he can regulate the stimulation of her device. So Bluetooth sex toys are a really cool new thing with an app. And he could probably check those out as well.
1: Nice one. Yeah. There you go, Sam. Plenty of options for you and your, and the missus. The next question, I don't know how to pronounce this name. I'm going to say Sinan. S- I don't know. Sinan. It's Sinan. Yep. It's from the most confident man in Turkey, Sinan. And Sinan says, hello, my dear. Do you want to sex with Turkish, the most sexy boy? If you answer yes, you can send me message.
0: What's sad about this message, Chris, is I was already there. And had yep. I knew about Sinan, he is the most sexy boy in Turkey. Had I known... this You were probably looking for most happened. sexy boy yeah, in I Turkey. Was for you most told sexy me beforehand. Boy. Yeah, I wanted a most sexy boy. I mean, when I went mm-hmm. there, what are you looking for? Most sexy boy. So, Sinan, I'm so sorry that your timing was off. Because, yeah, this probably would have happened. And now, you know, there's a possibility of a fatwa. So, I don't really know if I'll be going back to the country yeah. in Turkey. I've got to really watch myself. I'm limiting my exposure as we speak. Uh, so... Sorry about that. Not gonna happen. We've got one from the North Pole at and do you think that's Santa?
1: I hope so. <laughs> That'd be awesome if Santa listens to this. I think out of anyone in the world who I could find out that uh, listens to this show that I'll be excited about, it would probably be Santa. Uh, actually reading this, it's not. It's just Dicey. It's me, Dicey. Wanna First of meet all, up? What for kind a date? of a
0: name is Dicey?
1: I don't know, but I love it. And Dicey asks, want to meet up for a date? What days are good for you? I don't listen to podcasts. Oh, that's it. Doesn't listen to podcasts. Then then gives his number. But the fact that you don't listen to the podcast, Dicey, you're out.
0: So he, his initials are JD, uh, but he goes by the name Dicey, which sounds like the name of like a gang ma- member, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. you can all take a different name so nobody knows. What's your tag name? So we're on the street. People don't know your name is Edward. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm going to go by Dicey. Um, very confident man. Doesn't really give me any time to answer. want to meet up for a date. What days are good for you? I don't listen to podcasts. It's kind of like saying like, I don't fucking support what you do, but I'd like to hang out with you. Dude, listen to my so. fucking, but if, if I was a dude and I was trying to like get closer to me, like I tell my friends all the time, just need to listen to my podcast and ask questions mm-hmm. later. Like You get to know me so much more. Listen, and if he listened, he'd know, but he doesn't. So everybody out there, uh, Dicey, JD, not getting a date. Now, I saved the best two questions for last. They're actually normal, lovely questions. And I love when they're brief and fantastic, like this. And this next one, it just, it's almost like the one we got that was pancakes or waffles. I was like, I love that question. I don't know if it's the same guy that keeps doing this, but I love him. If you are a podcast listener, I love these. They're kind of like would you rathers, right? Mm-hmm. Would you rathers?
1: And this is from Wonsky, And Wonski asks, Cats or dogs?
0: It's such a great question because I love house pets. And this made me think I love animals. Uh, this made me think my last house pet was 20 years ago. It was a cat. And it was a cat that my husband and I fed. By the way, I'm allergic to cats. Me too. Okay. So we were feeding it outside of our apartment. And then we bought a house. We were going to move. And I said, we can't leave this cat here. Well, the place we moved, it wasn't conducive to outdoor for the cat because it was by a wildlife sanctuary. And there's a lot of coyotes. And I'm like, this cat's right. never going to make it, Right. So now we have to try to capture this cat for the first time. Uh, We had a big doghouse built for it in our patio area. So when it was raining, it had shelter. It had a little blow up couch in there with blankets. Like it was living posh, but we couldn't do that at the new place. And so I did the series of shots to bring the cat in. But the cat, the first day we had to pick the cat up and then got to take the cat to the vet before you can bring it into a house, right? Once you bring cat to the vet for the first time and spend $600, that's your fucking cat. You're not letting that cat outside. You're like, we have now invested in this cat. Um, And that cat lived uh, 12 more years after that. So I've been wanting to get a pet, but I'm just clearly not responsible enough. I keep saying I'm not home enough. We've been in quarantine for 10 months, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Now is the ideal situation. Yeah, But at the same time, I feel like when this is over, I'm going to want to bounce and then I'm not going to have anyone to take care of the dog. But later in life, no doubt in my mind, uh, my goal to have the garden... And, and two or three dogs for sure. And maybe some cats. I'd like, you know, if they interact well together, they're beautiful. So for ski, I appreciate this question. Now I'll turn it to you, Chris. Cats or dogs?
1: Easily dogs. I've never had either, by the way. But growing up, I always wanted a dog. Cats like you, I'm allergic. As soon as I detect a hint of a cat in a house, I, uh, I start Your crying. eyes, so, and you yeah. start
0: itching. It's not pleasant.
1: It's terrible. And the last question is from one of our favorite listeners, one of the best listeners to this podcast.
0: And I'm going to send you an audio file so we could pronounce her name properly because she emailed me an oh. audio file and it's two syllables, P-E-T-R-A. So, so it's more like a Petra than pitra. it is Petra, as we've been saying. So P-E-T-R-A. And she left me her beautiful voice. So yes, awesome. she's one of my favorite people and she's moving to the US next year. So we're going to get to meet her in person and it's going to be exciting.
1: <laughs> and everyone should follow P-E-T-R-A. On Twitter at Warsaw Berlin, by the way. But she asks Hi, Lisa. When I remember well, the souvenir from your journey to Paris was an Eiffel Tower necklace. And I guess your souvenir from Italy, probably Italian fashion. If it isn't too indiscreet, what was your souvenir from Turkey beside the passport stamp? Thanks for your time and your podcast passion. Take care, kid. P.S. Hope the number of serious questions rising constantly.
0: I love this question. So ever since I started traveling overseas when I was 30, I decided I would buy myself a little trinket piece of jewelry. Doesn't have to be expensive, but just something that when I opened my jewelry box by the time I was 50 years old, I just wanted to see all the countries I'd travel. I have something from Finland. I have something from Budapest and I have something from Prague. So there's always a little piece of jewelry um, and I'll wear them on trips. There's this pictures of me on the boat in Turkey where I'm wearing a necklace that I bought the last time I was in Australia. So it's just fun to go back and remember all of your great trips. And so this trip, I learned that in Turkey, gold is very inexpensive and it's beautiful. Uh, so I bought a real gold, which I was like, OK, I am a splurge this trip because it's inexpensive there it would have been four or five times as much here. And I bought a matching set at a woman's shop that we were taken to through our tour guide. She took us up and over and through the structure of Bizarre Shopping Center down to very specific stores where she knew the owners. And I bought a gold and diamond earrings and necklace set that I absolutely adore. And I'll wear it on a live show this week, Wednesday. I always do a live to talk about the podcast. So I'll do it after the podcast drops. And uh, so everybody can see it. But it's something... To consider when you're traveling, what could you buy that doesn't take up space, that isn't gonna wear out, that's saying you know, some people like to connect shot glasses or keychains or whatever. Magnets, magnets. magnets, are magnets. A good one. I did magnets for years, but now none of the new fridges hold magnets. So really we should have still, yeah, though. it doesn't hold magnets. So but so that's what I got on that trip. And uh, it's pretty nice to look in your jewelry box and remember all of those special adventures. Don't forget to check out Daryl Strawberry's book, Turn Your Season Around how God transforms your life. He was amazing, the history of my life, getting to talk to him. Thanks, Chris, for putting that interview together. That was incredible on your end. Those of you who'd like to follow the lead with cats, dogs, pancakes, waffles, or good questions, or ridiculousness for us to actually just have fun with, that is asklisaann at gmail.com. You can be a part of the mailbag. Don't forget to subscribe. Great. And review my podcast. But keep in mind, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything at all. Everybody, <laughs> thanks for listening today. And thanks for listening to another episode of Elisa our spotlight, our spotlight. and Experience.
2: Our- Serious XM Podcasts.